Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection Podcast. On today's episode, I have Allison Prohoda of Wakapuchi. Stay tuned to learn more about what to expect when you hire her dog walking service to take care of your furry family member. Welcome to the PDX Pet Collective Podcast. If you are a Portland pet parent or the owner of a Portland pet business, then you have come to the right place. And now your host, dog photographer, donut connoisseur, whiskey lover, and Sherlock fan, Kim Hoschel. everybody. Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection podcast. I have Allison Prohoda of Wakapoochie here. Hi, Allison. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, So tell everybody a little bit about Wakapoochie. Oh, man. So Wakapoochie is a, well, owned business by myself. Um, I started it almost about six and a half years ago, which is nuts. Um, and I started it in Northwest Portland after I had left my job in corporate America and just kind of needed to t- make some changes in my life and stumbled across the dog walking and turned it into a profession. <laughs> awesome. So um, do you do just dog walking or like what kind of services do you offer? Oh man. So we do, so we do dog walking, we do pet sitting, um, we do puppy packages where we help people who have just gotten new puppies and help them with going through kind of all the stages of having a puppy. Uh, we try our best to work with dogs that maybe have some leash aggression or issues with walking. We have, um, a really well-trained staff. So we try to offer kind of a wide variety of services. I mean, we even offer plant service when people are out of town with their dogs. Um, but we really primarily focus in more dog walking and pack walking, um, and pet sitting for overnights when people are out of town and can't bring their pups with them. Oh, awesome. So do you have a favorite service that you offer? Like, do you like to walk the dogs or you like the pet sitting or? Oh man, I think like over the years, I mean, I love dog walking. I love when I get to see all my pups and they get to see their friends and do group walking. But my favorite is having overnights. I think for me, that's been where I've been able to kind of connect more with my clients and their dogs because I get an opportunity to see what they're like. 24 hours a day versus just for an hour or two. It also is really great because it builds such a great connection with me and my dogs, especially when it comes to walking with them, because I know their habits, I know their traits, I know their behaviors. And then as I've been able to pet sit them, it gives me way more in depth on how they are when I'm not with them for just an hour or so. So it's pet sitting is just like a different experience because you get to connect with them on such a different level than just having them for 30 minutes or say an hour. Yeah, for sure. When they're on their best behavior for that 30 minutes, just because they're happy to be out of the house and they're like, (laughs) you're the best person ever. Yes. Thank you. Save me. Get me outside. (laughs) Until you tell them no, when they're staying overnight and they can't do something and then they're like, Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So now where did the name Wakapuchi come from? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> when I had left my job 
at, um, I was working at Nike before I started Wakapuchi. I had left my job just because of some unforeseen, unforeseen circumstances. Uh, my dad was like, man, you know, you should really think about getting back into like dog sitting or house sitting or maybe dog walking. He's like, it'd be kind of a cute name to call it Wakapuchi. So my dad actually came up with the original name for my business. And I was like, Oh my God, Wakapuchi is so cute. I love that. So I registered my business and then kind of just started from there. <laughs> but yeah, I got my own, my name comes from my dad. He was one of three. Oh, go dad. Go dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome. Um, so do you have like any tips or anything about, about dog walking, um, either for other dog walkers or for owners who might want to have their dogs walked? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing about dog walking is that it's still, I mean, at least in Pacific Northwest, it wasn't, it's not something that when I first started, you didn't have the WAG, the Rover, you didn't see a lot of those type of companies. So as people have bought puppies and certain breeds have become popular and more people seem to have lifestyles that are kind of inconsistent, it's important to find someone that can not only work with your type of schedule, but also can meet with you and get to know you and get to know your dog. My biggest thing about being a dog walker is I want to know every little fact about your dog from, you know, does it like to poop on the grass or does it like to poop on concrete? Like you want to know everything. And I think what makes a really good dog walker is making that connection with the parents, but also getting that connection with the dog. I want to meet your dog before I take it for a walk. I don't want to be a person that comes in and scares them or doesn't know their temperaments because that's not safe for your dog, but that's also not safe for me. So for me, it's been really important to have a personal relationship with the dog and with the client. So when I started my business, I made it a point to always make sure I meet everyone before we start walking their dogs. And even when I hire employees, you know, my employees train for a month and a half and then meet the people before they even start walking their dogs so that they know who's coming into their home. And nowadays, safety is so important. You want to know who comes into your home. You want to know the dog walker who's taking out your fur baby. Because like for myself, my dog is my child. <laughs> and I want to make sure my child's in the very best care it can possibly be in. So I think my biggest tip for people who want to be dog walkers is no, it's not an easy job. And you want to make sure you have a personal connection with your clients and with your dogs. Yeah. So like what kind of information do you like to ask in your first meeting with the owners and what can owners share with you that would help um, you do a better job for their dogs? Yeah. So things that we like to know is how is your dog's recall? How is your dog on leash? Does your dog walk on a harness? Does it walk on a collar? If it walks on a collar, are you open to it walking on a harness? Um, <laughs> is your dog uh, aggressive towards people? Is your dog aggressive towards kids? Is your dog aggressive towards other dogs? If they're dog friendly, do they have any certain types of dogs they like to associate with or walk with? Um, do they have any allergies? Are they known to be ones that like to pick up stuff on the street? <laughs> do they know the word off? Are they jumpers? Um, do they get triggers from cars? Do they get triggers from trucks? Do they get triggers from construction? I mean, you want to know every little thing 
about that dog, especially when it comes to how they behave on a leash. Now, mind you, some people and some dogs behave differently depending on who they are with. So we do take into consideration that they might not show some of those habits with us like they would with a different, with their parents. But we also like to be aware of just any little bit of information or behavior that they've seen. And then of course, as we progress in our relationship with our client, we always make sure that if they see changes in behavior that they let us know so that we're all on the same page. Yeah, because you don't want, if the dog's going through something, they are definitely going to react differently than, absolutely. you know, if they're perfectly healthy. Absolutely, absolutely. So you really just want to, and, and especially because with majority of the dogs that we walk, we pack walk them. So we like to know if they're dog friendly or what type of dogs they get along with better than, you know, say, just picking them up and, you know, seeing what goes, what happens. So. Right. And so what are the advantages of the pack walk and what kind of dogs do you recommend um, for pack walking? Yeah. So advantages of pack walking. Pack walking is a great way to socialize your dog in a contained environment where they are not only getting good exercise, but also getting socialization with a dog friend. It's a lot different than going to a dog park because you have dog walkers that are experienced, but also know their packs and their personalities. So dog, you know, for people that want their dogs to pack walk, if you have a high energy dog, like I say, like Vishalas, Aussies, um, some golden retrievers are kind of high energy. Um, we, gosh, we've got labs. I mean, those main breeds are very dog pack friendly. I would say Frenchies are also pack friendly, but any dog can be very pack friendly if they're socialized at a young age. Now, if you're getting a dog that is a rescue, that might be a little bit of a different conversation because rescues come from backgrounds that you may not know, and that makes it a little bit more challenging. But for most of our breeds, most of our dogs are pretty pack friendly unless they have had a previous situation that has caused for them to not uh, socialize with other dogs as well. And we do individual walks for those dogs. So, um, but it's a service we offer and also helps give your dogs a little friend on friend action. It's like calling the best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, do you, uh, like, do you ever kind of like try out different pairings and see like what dogs kind of resonate with each other? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I would say for most of the dogs that we start and bring on to our dog walking, we do an individual walk with them first to see what kind of behavior, what kind of personality are they are. And then we match their personalities with the right dogs. So we're not just like throwing, say, say you have a dog that's a little bit older. We're not going to throw him with a group of young dogs. We're going to keep him with an older pack. That's more go with the flow. So we try to really match personalities super precautiously um, and make sure that it's a, a group that works well together. Cause you also have to have a dog that kind of keeps everyone in line. So not everyone's getting on play mode on their leashes and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden everyone's playing and you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> calm down everyone. Yeah. That could be especially dangerous in the city where we all live. It's, you know, could be a challenge. <laughs> oh yeah. And for dog walkers, you have to have a very alpha dominance about you because you're the pack leader. So for a lot of our dog walkers who are walking in packs, they've been walking for a very long time. They're very aware of their dog's behaviors. 
And a lot of their dogs that they have walked with for a long time have been dogs that they started with and trained with. And so we really, really know our personalities before we match them in packs. That's for sure. Very cool. So like what areas do you service? So right now we service Northwest Portland, um, the Pearl, Mississippi. We've moved a little bit into Northeast Portland. Um, and hopefully we're going to be into Southeast Portland and Southwest of Portland coming soon. Um, but obviously COVID has taken a little bit of a hit on the business right now. So we're slowly holding back up, but Northwest (laughs) Portland, the Pearl, Mississippi and uh, Northeast Portland is primarily our service locations right now. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm sure it's challenging right now with everybody being at home with their dogs and walking them themselves. Oh yeah. (laughs) Which is so great to see. I love it. But I'm like, I miss our boys. Bring them back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure some of those dogs are like, uh, can my people go back to work? Cause I kind of liked it better when I had some downtime. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So what are the challenges of being a dog walker? Man. So I mean, dog walking is not what you would see in a movie where it's just this fun and everyone's walking so peacefully and you're just walking cute dogs all day. It's a very physically demanding job. You are walking in all forms of elements. You are walking in heat. You are walking in pouring down rain. You are walking in snow, ice. Um, so you you definitely have to be physically prepared for that type of constant environmental changes. And not even just in weather, but also changes in what's going on in the neighborhoods. You have a lot of construction going on currently in Northwest Portland. So you have to be cognitive of all the construction streets. You have to make sure that you're very aware of your time frames by where all your dogs live and making sure you're getting to all the dogs within the time frames you have set. You have to make sure all the dogs are getting the proper amount of exercise. You have to also make sure that you're hydrating yourself. You're taking time to make sure you're getting snacks. I mean, a dog walker can walk anywhere from 10 to 17 miles easily in one day. Um, and when I started, I was walking anywhere from 15 to 17 miles, you know, almost five to six days a week. So physically it's very demanding and you also have different sizes of dogs. So some dogs pull a little harder. So that means your arms and your hands are constantly grasping leashes So there is a lot of physical element that you have to be aware of, and that can can definitely challenge you uh, throughout the times of uh, walking dogs. Yeah. (laughs) And and I'm sure, you know, and I know you and I've talked about this, it can be emotionally challenging because you get so attached to the dogs that you're with that when they move away or they pass away, it's, you know, it's difficult to say goodbye. Yeah. I would say for many people, And for this job, like you have to be a certain type of person because you are very much integrated into these dogs' lives. And for for me, you know, over the six years I've been doing this, six years and some change, I uh, I've I've had to go through watching my dogs go to the next side and pass on, and it's emotionally draining, especially when you've had those dogs since they were puppies or dogs since you started the company and you've had overnights with them and you know their family, you've watched their families grow, you've watched their families have kids and move away and job promotions. I mean, you're very much a member of those families. And for me, I have such close relationships with all of my clients that you definitely 
you definitely become kind of that weird member of the family, like an aunt uncle. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's, it's one of the harder, harder parts of this job. I think it also makes you so much aware about how animals are treated, how many dogs need homes, how many shelters are overcrowded, how many people buy dogs, not really understanding what they're getting into and not getting that education. So there's a lot of challenges just emotionally, how you look at our community and what people who are in the pet service industries actually kind of go through because you get so emotionally attached to these dogs, but then you even get more attached to the causes behind them because there are so many things that are not okay with how people treat animals. And that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so like, how can people find you? Do you have a brick and mortar or are you just online? So, yeah, we're online. You can find us at our website at wakapuchi.com. Um, we also have an Instagram that we are going to be posting back on. We took a little bit of a social media break as COVID kind of took us out for a little bit. So we're slowly coming back, but we have a fun Instagram account. Um, it's just wakapuchi and we do fun videos and we are bringing back cocktail hour, cocktail hour with Astro, which is my chihuahua. Um, we've got our bandanas that Kim makes for us for butthead bandanas. So we are bringing, we're coming back strong in our social media circuit, but you can find us online. You can find us through social media. Um, and you can also just email us at wakapuchipdx at gmail.com too. Awesome. So speaking of Astro, cause you know, we love cocktail hour with Astro. Tell everybody a little bit about how Astro came into your life. Yeah, so Astro is my little, oh my gosh, Demi's 13 now. 13. Okay, how is he 13? I don't even know. It's, I don't even know. He's 13 and in great shape, so thank goodness for that. But Astro was actually one of my very first clients. I mean, I think he was like maybe one of my fifth or sixth clients, and he lived across the hallway from me at Savior. And um, his dad was a project manager and he just worked insane hours. So I would bring Astro over to my house when I get done walking all the dogs and have him come hang out with myself and my cat Lewis, because I always felt so bad for him that his dad was gone all the time. And then his dad had a work opportunity where he was going to be moving away for about eight months, but he didn't want to bring Astro. So he asked if I could take him and he would pay me. And I said, of course, I'd love to keep Astro. And we kind of made an agreement that he would come and visit him kind of every other weekend. Well, you know, a few months kind of rolled by and I haven't heard from his dad. And I'm like, well, I'm getting pretty attached to this dog. He's living an exceedingly different lifestyle than what he was living with his dad. He's a lot more social. He has a ton of good interactions with dogs. He it gets to go on all these fun adventures. He's not alone for more than, you know, maybe four or five hours a day. And it ended up me asking his dad saying, Hey, like, haven't really heard from you. I've grown pretty attached to Astro. And, you know, I would really love to talk to you about possibly adopting him. And his dad was like, you know, I've been thinking about it and I think it would be just a better life for him. And I would love for you to adopt him. And that's kind of how I got Astro. And now he's my little man. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> and he lives like a king now. 
He lives like a king. I uh, will have to say that he lives a lifestyle that I don't think he will ever want to come back from. No. And uh, I think we've definitely now have moved to a way higher status of where now he's like a prima donna king of the house. <laughs> <laughs> and he lets everyone know it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and, and you know, he's, he's got to, you know, make sure that all the dogs that you walk, they stay in line and that they're doing oh, yeah. what they're supposed to. Well, and I was never a small dog person until I met Astro. And it's funny because so many people meet Astro and they're like, I love chihuahuas. Like now I want to get one. And I was like, yes, little dogs are awesome. You just think of them as yappy, but they're so much more than that. Oh yeah. Well, and, and Astro's big in personality. So. Oh yeah. You know. He's big in personality. I mean, if I could create like another job for myself, I would just commentate for dogs all day. Yeah. Because <laughs> Dogs are hilarious and they all have different personalities. Like they're all underlining sometimes have the same characteristic within their breeds, but then there's these personalities that come out and you're like, yeah, honey, you got that. Work those little hips, you little corgs. Like Lucas, he works his hips all up and down that street. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's quite the strutter. It's like he owns any place he goes. He's like, this is mine. Just so you all know. But yeah. unfortunately, you know, with the balcony now, he, he like thinks he's a Vita or something he, that he needs to go out there and give speeches. Oh my God. And I love it every time I walk by and see it. <laughs> and I love that he has a different bandana on every week. I mean, he's well, a you know, stylish cord. He's got he's to be fashionable. You know, he's wearing, he's occasionally I'll put him in one of the new bow ties now. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, he's now he's, like he's sporting some of those. Um, so we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, being concerned about dogs uh, who don't have it as good as Astro and Lucas do. Um, are there any specific uh, nonprofits that you love to support? Yeah. So I, I love to support the Humane Society. I think they do a phenomenal job. Um, I like Pixie Project. They're big. Um, I like the Pug Rescue. That's also awesome. I mean, there are just so many rescues that you can donate to. Um, but those are kind of ones that I, I, I've worked with closely before with my company and have had really good experience with. Um, but, you know, there are so many dogs that need homes, but there's also so many things that we need to be doing better. And I think that it's not just adopting dogs, but it's also for people who want to adopt a dog or are looking to have a dog. I would say do research, know what type of breed works best for your family, know what type of energy level you want to have, know what type of dog parent you want to be and how, you know, and what type of lifestyle that you lead. And I think that would help so much in having shelters not be so overpopulated, but we also just need to do better on background checking people and really making sure dogs are going to proper homes that are going to care and love and support them. Yeah, for sure. And and I'm all about the, you know, being a dog trainer, it's like, and knowing about the breeds, you know, you see why some uh, certain dogs get returned if they're not sent to the right home because either they have too much energy or they're a little more difficult to train. And so people get them thinking, oh, it's this cute little puppy and they're just going to be amazing. And it's like, uh, yeah, but that cute little puppy is going to be 80 pounds 
And what's cute at eight months isn't so cute at 80 pounds. Exactly. You know, it's like if they're jumping up at eight months, it's adorable, but (laughs) not when they're 80 pounds and huge. Yeah. Well, and you know, for us, it's like, we want to help our clients have the best relationship with their dogs. But at the end of the day, it starts with you as a person. You're the one that controls their training. You're the one that controls their behavior because dogs are literally put on this earth to just bring joy. They are the most selfless creatures alive and we damage them. We are the problem. So it all starts with you. If you want to have a really well-trained dog, you got to put the effort into making sure that dog's really well-trained. And I'm really big on that because at the end of the day, that dog shows you nothing but love and support. But if you don't treat it well, you're going to create a dog that has a bunch of problems. And then that dog gets returned to a shelter. And then that dog has a hard time finding a home because no one quite understands them because they weren't trained in a proper way or got trained in an aggressive way or, you know, as et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's, yeah. And I always tell people work with trainers, you know, you got to have, at the end of the day, it starts with you and your family and how you adopt those habits and how you want your dog to be. And if you don't set that clearly up, then you're going to have some rocky roads. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and a, a lot of people find the, of, of the challenge of being consistent amongst all family members. The hardest part is like, it's the one family member's really all in. And I know you found this with clients. It's like one family member's like, I'm all about it. And then another one's like, yeah, I love the dog, but mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you sometimes end up being kind of like a therapist because you have to be that person that has the voice. And I always say this to every client, we are advocates for your animal. So if we think something's not correct, we're going to say something. And I would hope that you would want to hire a company that would say something, you know, because we want our dogs to have the best life possible. And when we get hired, we want everyone to know that we are so passionate about our dogs and making sure that their walk experience is not only amazing, but we want to make sure their home experience is even better. Mm So, you know, making sure that you really take advantage of resources like dog training and puppy classes and, you know, just continuing training. It never stops. You know, it's just like us. We never stop growing and neither does a dog. So always make sure that you're continuing that training, continuing to teach some new things because that also helps with their mental stimulation as well, um, which people don't realize that your dog needs mental stimulation just as much as it needs exercise. Yeah, <laughs> especially those working dogs. Especially those working dogs. Yeah, because they will give themselves a job, and then that that's not going to be good for anybody. Yeah, and that job may be hurting yourself and your family members. So yeah. that can always, you know, that can put a little damper on cocktail hour when your dog's <laughs> just hyped up. Yeah, that's for sure. So what's the future of Wakapuchi? I know we talked a little bit about it going um, to the south side of Portland. Yeah. So Wakapuchi, we are, you know, after kind of the, the devastation of COVID, we were one of the companies that has been fortunate to be still holding afloat. Um, and we are very blessed that we've had some wonderful clients give us donations and kind of keep the Wakapuchi 
company going during these kind of very uncertain times. Um, initially, right now, we're just kind of trying to be obviously very aware and safe of COVID-19, but um, are coming back in walking dogs and people are kind of going back into their kind of fall routines here in the next few weeks. So we're hoping to kind of offer some new services, um, kind of get back into some dog walking. We're consistently helping people have a little bit of a break from their dogs because separation anxiety is going to be a very real thing for many people when we go back into whatever normalcy we will go into. Uh, but the big, big plan for Wakapuchi, and this was in the works, Kim, and you well know this before COVID happened, is we are actually trying to open an indoor facility where people can come and run their dogs and come and have a brew and the food carts and have a lot more options for dogs to come and get exercise, do agility, have private chuck it courses so people that have aggressive dogs can run their dogs in a safe place and not get yelled at by the park and rec department for running <laughs> their dogs on the field. <laughs> um, so the long-term goal is to open a facility when life is kind of back to more normal and people don't have to social distance as much and have a place where dogs are the main focus and they get to have all the fun in the world and parents get to socialize at the same time. So that's kind of the, the big picture for Wakapuchi. Yeah, that's exciting. So speaking, you know, we've talked about COVID and since you are going into people's homes and, you know, dealing with their dogs. Um, so what kind of policies are you, are you all implementing for yeah. um, doing that? So with Wakapuchi, all of our dog walkers were luckily quarantined for almost about three months because we were shut down for three months. So when everyone started, they were all COVID-19 cleared. So we all wear masks. Um, luckily with dog walking, we are not, we don't have a brick and mortar. So we don't have a place where we come into to go to work, you know, so we're going into people's apartments and homes, but most of the people that we're walking bring their dogs to the door, leave them outside in the hallway. We grab them, go for our walk, bring them back. Um, we spray down all of our leashes. We have hand sanitizer we use out during, during our walks and after our walks. And we pretty much just try to avoid people at all costs like we usually do when we're walking dogs. Um, but luckily we've been you know, able to come back in a really healthy way and haven't been so affected by uh, kind of the changes with COVID because it's kind of how we run our daily lives anyways is avoiding people and keeping six feet away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it can, it can be challenging when, you, when you're walking a bunch of dogs and running into people. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, our dog walkers are also great and wear their masks throughout the day and obviously, you know, keep our distance from people. And we usually send a person a text message saying, hey, we're about to be outside your door and they leave their dogs outside. And for people where we have to go into their homes, we have our mask on, we don't touch anything. We literally just grab the dog and, and head out. And people put their leashes by their doors so we can call them to the door to grab them. If we have to go in and open a crate, we always hand sanitize before we go in, grab the dog, put the leash on, head out, hand sanitize, and then close up. So we really have been fortunate to find a good system that's been helpful and healthy. And I have clients that range at all different ages, so it's really important that we keep everyone safe. And then for any of our dog walkers that travel, they have to get COVID tested before they come back to make sure that they are 
COVID free. So we do uh, have them set up their own testing for that before they come back to work. So, oh, great. Yeah. We're, we're being safe. <laughs> yeah, you have to in these times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, wearing a mask is, you know, it's not, it's not, um, doesn't, I, you know, for us, it's kind of somewhat nice because as it gets colder during the winter, it's nice protection for our face. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. We're trying to use that as a positive way to be like, this is going to be so nice during the winter. We'll have protection. And when the rain's hitting us sideways, it will make it nice and easy for us not to get drenched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know we've, we found that wearing the masks, it's like some of our allergies that we would normally get aren't as bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what's well, been some, some added side benefits that you didn't really think about before. Yeah. So it's not and so bad. For us, it's like when the dogs kiss your lips and you're like, oh, oh, okay. And now when we have our mask on, I'm like, honey, you kiss those lips all you want. <laughs> I don't need to worry about where your mouth has been. Yeah, I don't need to worry at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Allison, for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Kim. Absolutely. And I will be sharing all of your website and social media and all kinds of fun stuff, you know, because I know people want to do cocktails with Astro. So got to get on that. And then hopefully we'll have... the cool thing about our Instagram is we're going to start promoting like our favorite products, our favorite companies to use. Um, because we've been in the dog industry for so long, we have really nailed down some awesome places to shop for your pets that have great products. Um, and also just, you know, fun things to dress them up when quarantine gets a bit boring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks, Kim. And we will talk to you later. <laughs>